brother, Chaim ben B'tzalel, who was a big tzaddik and a big rav in his own right. So the Sefer Chaim quotes that when a person learns Gemara, a person spends time learning Gemara, so they surround themselves with this, this Indian and the Jewish people Throughout Galus, throughout nighttime, the Gemara itself self references as Bachashachim Heshivani. In darkness, Hashem has made me sit. This is a reference to the Talmud Bava. It's a pasuk in it's a pasuk in Eov. Bachashachim Heshivani. Eicha, that Hashem has sat me in darkness. Hashem has sent me in darkness. The Gemara says this is a reference to the Talmud Bavli, which in Bavel itself was a source of illumination, even betoch, the darkness. And in that darkness, the Jewish people were able to somehow create not only uh, illumination, but to create the most illuminating do- document, the Talmud Bavli, that every single word of the Talmud Bavli, like the Gemara says elsewhere, Bavli is Lashon of Balul, 
Balba Mikra, Balba Mishnah, Balba Gemara. But every word, like Rav Hutner explained, that every word of the Gemara is somehow mixed together with Tarshav Echsav and Tarshav Alpeh. It's not just when we're reading Psukim in the Talmud Bavli and reading the interpretations of those, of those Psukim that there's somehow a mixture of Tarshav Echsav and Tarshav Alpeh, but really the whole thing is moving together that even within exile, in a time and in a place where the revealed aspect of the Torah as written Torah and that bris that was only given to the Jewish people, the oral Torah is given to us. So the Sefer Chaim, Rav Chaim ben Mitzal explained that part of the tefillah that we say by Kriya Shema Lamita, right before we go to sleep, is we sing these words of B'Shem Hashem Elokei Yisrael. And we, we, we describe how Michael is on our left and Gabriel's Michal's on our right and Gabriel's on our left. How Uriel's in front of us and Rafael's behind us. And Chaim ben Mitzal explained that the Rosh Tevos of Gemara is Gavriel, Michal, Rafael, Uriel. Gimel Mem Reish Aleph. Gavriel, Michal, Rafael, Uriel. The Dafka in this darkness, just like when a person is about to go down to sleep, like Shlomo Melech said, I might be asleep. Like the protagonist in Shir Shirim says, the, 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 the beautiful shepherd girl says to, to her beloved, says, But there's such a thing as a person who's sleeping, who's in a state of slumber, and yet their heart is awake, that they're surrounded and protected, that dafka in the place of sleepiness in the place of Bavel, in the place of darkness, the Jewish people were able to create something very beautiful, some protective force of the Gemara, which has sustained the Jewish people throughout all of the generations. And so how lucky we are to be able to be in Yeshiva. Rav Avram Shor once, once said that, you know, if we can learn from the scientific innovations of the day, <coughs> different ate us and had a, how to serve Hashem properly and they said that not that long ago, human beings figured out how to, how to get into a spacecraft and go into an atmosphere, to break through the atmosphere to a place where there's not proper oxygen and where a person is not able to survive. And yet, as long as they're inside of this uh, spacecraft, so they can live even in a place which is completely hostile to human life. And he said that that was revealed to show the world that it's possible for a person to create space, a Jewish home, a base medrash, yeshiva, to have places where even when there are periods of darkness, physical darkness, of emotional darkness, that even mitoch, the darkness, a person can carve out space, that even when there's an atmosphere which is not conducive to growth and to life and to breathing and to being a human, it's possible to enter into a spaceship whether that spaceship is the yeshiva, or that spaceship is a person's home that they're creating, or the spaceship is a, a small room, like Rabbi Nachman explained that every person should have a small room where they go to serve Hashem. And Rabbi Nachman said, and if you don't have the privacy or the luxury of having a small room where you can kind of close the door and forget the whole world, then uh, you can make a small room under your covers. You, know, you pull the covers over your head and you have a small room. Or you could use your talis if you're fortunate to wear a talis. You know, you pull the talis over your head and you create some small space. And really, 
what we keep seeing over and over again in these parshios. First, as we described a number of weeks ago, we spoke about Goshen as being this kind of like isolated piece of Eretz Yisrael within Mitzrayim, but also through all of the makos, Hashem keeps saying to the Mitzrayim, I'm going to show you that there's a difference between the Jewish people and there's a difference between, between Mitzrayim. That the Arba and the Choshech and the Barad in last week's parsha and the Makos Bechoros, there's a gvul. There's a, there's, a, there's a place where the Arba go up to this border and exactly at this place of the border where the Jewish people are carving out a space for holiness, in that place there's, there's Michal and Gavriel and Uriel and Rafal surrounding the Jewish people in such a way where these Makos are not able to go into this, into this place where there was Choshech and all of Mitzrayim, but there was Orb and Moshe In the Jewish homes, there was light. And Hashem is revealing to the world at this time, through these parshios, that the Gvul HaKedusha is a real thing. That when a person creates a Gvul HaKedusha, when a person creates a boundary, a border of holiness, that border of holiness is a, is a real, is a reality, is a true thing. That by the final Maka, by Makas Pechoros, Hashem said, the, the, the plague goes up until this point, until this place. The Gvula Kedusha. The Gvula Kedusha. Where is the Gvula Kedusha? Wherein lies the Gvula Kedusha? So again, we turn to Rabbi Nachman. And Rav Nassim, Rav Nachman and Rav Nassim explain that the Gvul HaKedusha, we'll just say a little bit, and hopefully Hashem should help everyone to hear what they need to hear, that uh, the Gvul HaKedusha, Rav Nachman explained, is the secret of, is the secret of, of the Sukkah. It's not exactly Sukkah's time right now, okay? Soon we're going to be talking about Sukkahs in the Parsha. It's the secret of the sukkah. The sukkah we know is, the, the kosher space of the sukkah is between 10 tfachim, that's the minimum height of the sukkah, and 20 amos. 10 tfachim and 20 amos. What's the Indian of 10 tfachim and 20 amos? So we know that 10 and 20 are, 10 and 20 are different, uh, are different pieces of variations of ten. Ten tfachim is, is one ten, and twenty amos is two tens. Ten plus ten is twenty. But not only that, but there's also the tfachim and there's the amos. So Rabbi Nassim explained, based on Rabbi Nachman, he said, you know, I'll see why I'm saying this in a second, that the Gvul HaKedusha is somewhere between that chachma, that wisdom, that I already have in my hand. And that wisdom, which is just beyond my grasp, which is what I don't know, what I don't understand. In other words, a Jew is constantly moving, and that's what it means to create a space for Kedusha. A Jew is constantly moving from what I already understand of, the, of what there is to understand in the world to that which I don't understand, but I'm not yet looking to understand things that are beyond, you know, 
there was a Secretary of State, I think, once in America, who once spoke about there are, there are things that are known, there are unknown things that we know that are out there, and then there are unknown unknowns. There are things that we don't even, they're like too far afield. Kedusha is when you're in between that space of what I know already, and the known unknowns, that which is, I can reach up my arm, an ama is an arm, is a grasp of what a, so Reb Nelson explained that, the, that 10, 10 is the letter Yud. The letter Yud, the letter Yud corresponds to the Indian, the seminal thought, the idea of, the idea of Chachma. So 10 Tfachim means Chachma, Yud always means Chachma, from Hashem's name Yud and Hey and Vav and Hey, so the Yud is Chachma, the Hey is Bina, the Vav is the next six, and the final Hey is Malchus. So the Yud of Chachma, Again, take, take what you can and hold on to it for later if, you, if, if, it's, if it's beyond you. The Yud of Chachma that's in a person's hand, meaning a Tefach, what's a Tefach? A Tefach means, it's, this is a Tefach, a Tefach is a fist. So Yud Tfachim, says Reb Nassim, means that wisdom, that Yud, that Chachma that I have in my hand. 20 Amos, which is the maximum height of the Sukkah, which is the, the end space of that Gvul HaKedusha, where the Shekhinah rests on Sukkot, means double Chachma, meaning that which is beyond what I can grasp, and also my hand has to, it's 20 Amos. It's that which is beyond my current level of Chachma, which is just one Yud. There's another Yud which I could see out in the distance that I'm trying to grasp, that I'm trying to, to aim towards. And the whole secret of the Jewish people, which we're even learning just now, as Am Yisrael is getting ready to leave, to leave by the Makos, the Makos which is the ten makos, is Hashem revealing to the world, He's revealing to the Jewish people that he's revealing to, Hashem is revealing to the Jewish people that even things that you cannot possibly fathom, but you know that I, Hashem, am the one who's controlling everything, that's where you need to follow, that's where you need to go. There's a Torah from, from, from Rav Yosef Cairo. Rav Yosef Cairo wrote a book called the Shulchan Aruch. He also wrote a book called Magid Meisharim. He wrote a book called Shulchan Aruch, which is a legal book, and he wrote a book called Magid Meisharim, which is conversations that he had with a Malach. Emes. So in the Sefer Magid Meisharim, Parshas Bo, we find the following conversation. Hopefully this will pull together what I just said a moment ago in a way that they'll understand. That the Rav Yosef Cairo had conversations with a Malach, and on one of the days in Parshas Bo, he said to this Malach, he asked this Malach, he had a Magid, that's what's called Magid Meisharim. A Magid means some celestial force that is able to convey information to you. And he used to ask, they used to learn Torah together, him and this Malach, this Magid. So if Yosef Cairo, if you don't believe it, we're all in big trouble because this is, the Shulchan Aruch is like how we run our lives, you know. That's, uh, he was, he, we have to trust him. You know? So, Rav Yosef Cairo said he, on one of the days of Parshas Bo, he asked the Malach, he said, I don't understand this 10th Makkah. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me. First of all, Hashem knows where the Jewish people live and where the mitzvah live. So what do we need a simon? What do we need a sign for which houses belong to the Jewish people? And not only that, but if you read the Psukim, maybe this is not how you pictured it when you were a kid, but if you read the Psukim, the Psukim seemed to say that the, the sign for where to place the blood was placed on the outside 
uh, excuse me, on the inside of the door, not on the outside of the door. On the inside of the door. So if Hashem is on the outside, so to speak, skipping over the houses, jumping over the house, Pesach, to Lifsach, to jump over the houses, so then wouldn't it make more sense to have the sign on the outside of the door instead of on the inside of the door? And third question is what he asked the Malach. Third question, you know, you want a sign for which houses to jump over, which houses are like going to be connected to life, right? So like you walk into a house and there's like blood all over the doors, you know, it doesn't exactly invoke, you know, feelings of life and uh, flourishing. It's like you just walk into a crazy haunted house or like the set of a horror movie or something. So what kind of a strange sign is that to put blood all over the inside of the doorpost of the house? Number one, Hashem doesn't need a simon. Hashem knows exactly which houses are which. Number two, if you're going to put a simon that Hashem should know which house to jump over, put it on the outside, which is Hashem's jumping over the house. And number three, what kind of simon is to put blood on the doorposts? So Yosef Kaira writes that the Malach came back to him a few days later and he said to him, it seems to me that the, the mistake that you're making in trying to understand this is that you think that these, this putting the blood on the inside of the doorpost so that Hashem should jump over, you keep using the word simen. You keep using the word simen. The Malach didn't say it exactly so lamdish in the way that I'm about to say. He didn't say it with such a, you know, the, the words that we would use when we're speaking about you know, when we're learning Gemara. But he said, you keep talking about a simon, but every good brisker knows that there's always a simon and there's a siba. Okay, the simon means this is the symptom, this is the, this is the sign. The siba means this is the cause. In other words, Hashem didn't need a sign as a, as a sign to jump over which house. And if there was a sign, why would you put it on the inside? And, if, and what kind of sign, after all, is it to put blood? The word sign is what keeps messing you up. Because the truth is that this is not a sign for Hashem, but this is a siba. This is the cause that causes Hashem to jump over the house. And what is that? Dafka says the Malach, that Hashem told the Jewish people to do something which on the surface makes no sense. In other words, Hashem said, if you want to enter into the, you want to create a gvul hakdusha, so I'm going to ask you to do something that you know you must do because I've commanded you to do it but that you don't fully understand. It's not quite in your grasp. It's not quite in your hand. But it's within your capacity to do it, and you don't understand. You know what you're supposed to do. You don't understand why you're supposed to do it, which is really the secret of the Jewish people. When the Jewish people come to Harsinai and we say, Nasa v'nishma, Hashem says, who taught you this great secret? And we're all thinking to ourselves, you taught us this great secret. Because from the very instantiation of the Jewish people, when the Jewish people are being created by this remarkable event of, of bringing the carbon Pesach, Hashem says, I want you to do something that on the surface makes no sense. I want you to take blood, which is not a simon of life, and I want you to put it on the inside of the doorpost, even though whatever is supposed to be jumping over the house is supposed to know from the outside. And number, two, and number three, we all know that this is all just a ruse because I don't need these simonim anyway. And if you're willing to do something even if you don't understand, then this, will be a, this, not will be, this won't be a sign of which house, but this will be a sign that you are ready to be the chosen people we're going to create space of Kedusha, which means to live in a space where you don't always know what's going on. You don't always have full control and know what's going on. And by the way, once you do that, you'll understand the simon a little bit. You'll understand that the sign is not for me, but the sign is for you. Because Jewish history, unfortunately, Hashem says, you don't understand why, and you don't understand how, but you've seen it already in Mitzrayim, and you'll continue to see it. That Jewish, as the Rabbon Shalom knew already then, 
that Jewish history is going to be filled with questions of why is there blood on the inside of Jewish houses? Why is there, why is there situations of, of difficulty? Why are the Jewish people persecuted? Why is the chosenness of the Jewish people lead to such a thing that, that Jewish blood has been cheap throughout history? And so Hashem says, if you are prepared to take blood and to put it on the inside of the doorpost and to do something that doesn't make any sense, then I'll know that you're ready to join in a movement where there's going to be many times where it's going to be beautiful and the relationship between Am Yisrael and Hashem is going to be, it's going to be spectacular and it's going to feel great to be a Jew. And then there's going to be other times when it's hard to understand what exactly do you want from us? What exactly do you want from us, Hashem? And why are the Jewish people suffering in the way that they're suffering? And if we're willing to, if we're willing to, to enter into that bris with Hashem, if we're willing to enter into that covenant with Hashem, which means that we take something from ourselves and Hashem takes something from Himself, so then there'll be the possibility of creating some, some connectivity between us and, and Hashem by creating a gvul of Kedusha. A gvul of Kedusha is always created in that space where I don't know exactly why I have to do what I have to do, but I know that I have to do it. When a person knows that there's something that they have to do and they don't understand why they have to do it and yet they do it anyway, that creates Kedusha. That creates a space of holiness. That creates relationship. When a person all the time has to understand or ask why it is that you want this from me, a parent asks a child to do something and there's a level of trust where the child knows that the parent would never ask to do something that's not good for the child. So of course the child can argue with the parent and the parent can try to explain to the child. But there's a certain level of relationship between a parent and a child, between two friends, between a husband and a wife, between certainly when we're dealing with the Rabbana Shalom who is beyond where a person does something even if they can't understand it. That's what's being asked of me, that's what I do. And that's the Gvula Kedusha. This Gvula Kedusha is what makes the difference between when there's a, there's a space of holiness and there's a space, there's a space of, non, of non-holiness. The Malachim couldn't even understand this. They couldn't understand the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people. Or Chaim HaKadosh, after this we'll sing a nigan. Or Chaim HaKadosh explains in Parshas Choshech that by all the makos, Chazal tell us, by all of the makos, the Malachim complained to Hashem, it's not fair. This is not fair. You bring a maka and all of the animals of the Mitzvah are dying and the Jewish animals are fine. The blood in the Jewish people, the water in the Jewish, in the Jewish, people, in the Jewish people's houses is, is totally fine. The water in the Mitzvah houses is all turning to blood. And the Malachim were complaining to their Bonashal and they said, this doesn't make any sense. The Jewish people are worshipping idols. The Jewish people had not yet perfected uh, an understanding of that there should be no other gods aside from me. It took many, many years. The Jewish people throughout all of, you know, Sefer Yoshua and Shoftim keep going back to Avodazara and, and, the, and, the, and the Malachim were looking at the Jewish people and saying, I don't understand. These people worship idols and these people worship idols. The Mitzvah, the mitzvah are worshipping idols and the Jewish people are worshipping idols. So what makes these people greater than these people? Why are you choosing them over them? So finally, when it came to Makas Choshech, the Gemara says, based on a Pasuk and Tehillim, that the Malachim didn't complain. The Malachim were ready, they were willing to have Makas Choshech, like the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Velohe miru The Malachim did not rebel or reject Hashem's word. 
When Hashem said, let's bring, let's bring Makas Choshech, so the Malachim said, okay, Beseder, let's bring Makas Choshech, no problem. So the Rechaim HaKadosh is wondering, what is it about Makas Choshech that the Malachim didn't object? Why didn't they have the same complaint that by all the other Makos that Hashem was bringing this Makah, it's not fair. Hey, well, you're bringing frogs into the Mitzri houses, but not into the Jewish houses. The answer is, says the Rechaim HaKadosh, that the Makah of Choshech was not that Hashem brought Choshech. What did Hashem do? Hashem, Chazal tell us, brought the Or HaGanuz out of its shell, out of its hiding spot. And the Or HaGanuz equally was going to shine throughout the entire world. And for people, like the Gemara says in Masech Zavodah that La Asid Lavo, Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath. It's going to take the sun out of its casing. It's a very enigmatic Gemara. Hashem is going to take the sun out of its sheath. And the Tzadikim will be Nisrapah Bo. The Tzadikim will be healed by it. And the Rishayim will be Nidonin Bo. The Rishayim are going to be judged by the, the heat of the sun out of, its, out of its shell. So what does that mean? So the secret of what that means is that Hashem is going to reveal the Or HaGonos. And the Or HaGonos is going to reveal what was the inside of the person. And so the Malachim said, okay, this is fair. You want to take the Or HaGonos out. So Halu of the Avodah Zarev, Halu of the Avodah the Jewish people worship idols, the Mitzvah worship idols. If you take the Or HaGonos out, it's going to blast them equally. No problem. But the Rabboni Shalom understood that there was something that the Malachim weren't able to see about the Jewish people, that even though the Jewish people were in Memtes Shari and even though the Jewish people looked on the surface like it, it was irrational, why would Hashem choose this people over any other people? But Hashem understood that the Jewish people have within them the capacity of living on this level of the Gvul HaKedusha, of Nasir Nishma, of we will do and then we'll try to understand afterwards, of we'll put blood on the inside of our doorposts and recognize that it's not going to be an easy journey along the way of the Jewish people, but that we believe with complete faith that the Jewish people in the end will return to Eretz Yisrael and the Jewish people will continue to build themselves up is what's happening, what's happening now. But I know that there's a number of people who are sitting in this room and there's a number of people who are from the yeshiva who just went to a place where they saw the blood on the inside of their doorposts. They saw Jewish towns and Jewish communities and they saw places where there is blood all over the inside of the doorposts. Okay, we've cleaned it up. You know, you walk into Chachma Lublin and you walk into uh, certain, certain towns and you go into a place, I don't know exactly which places you went to. I don't know the exact itinerary. But you go to, every one of these towns is stained with Jewish blood all over the place. And the Jewish people throughout all of, all of Jewish history, whether it's in Poland where you went, or whether it's Germany, or whether it's Morocco, or whether, wherever it is, the Jewish people have been persecuted along the way. The Jewish people always held fat, fast to this idea that there's the Gvul HaKedusha. The Jewish people were born and, and, and uh, were formed within this place of Ubedemayich Chayi. In blood, Ubedemayich Chayi. That's what we say by a brismila, which also, we had to have brismila before Karpen Pesach. Ubedemayich Chayi, in our blood we will live. Normally a person is surrounded by blood. Blood is a sin of death. But for the Jewish people, we have a pact of blood with the Rabbon Shalom. Of Adam with the Rabbon Shalom. A blood pact with the Rabbon Shalom that the Jewish people will continue to survive and to continue to move on forever. And Dafka, those people who were willing to do the unthinkable that we, it didn't even make any sense. But blood on the inside of the doorpost, like the Malach revealed to Rav Yosef Cairo, and like Hashem understood, the Jewish people have inside of them something that the Malachim can't see. Yeah, it's true that we fell into bad practices of Avodah Zarah, and we went into the Memtes Shari Tumah, but the Rabbon Shalom understood that this same people who are in the Memtes Shari Tumah are going to be able to get out of the Memtes Shari Tumah and end up by Har Sinai in just 
seven weeks. The unthinkable that we'll go from being in this lowest place to being at the highest place, to standing by our Sinai, and it's all in the merit of having this mentality, which Hashem already saw buried within the Jewish people at this time, of Naseh and Ishma. We will do, and then maybe afterwards we'll try to understand. And that's the secret of what it means to be a Jew. The secret of what it means to be a Jew in the world is to say, I don't always understand what Hashem is asking of me. I know, I know what He is asking of me. I don't always understand why He's asking of me what He's asking of me. And I have to try my best to, 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 to do the will of, of Hashem. So my dear friends, uh, I just uh, recently saw that they posted such a beautiful uh, note. My dear friends from, from, uh, from the band Zusha, so they just put out this new song this week, Hareini uh, Mechavein, and the words are that I'm Mechavein and I'm prepared uh, to make myself a Kise and a Merkava. So Shlomo said something so beautiful. I think it was Shlomo, maybe it was Zach. It's hard to tell. It was on their, uh, on their Twitter. I don't know who, who runs the Twitter feed. My sense is that it's Shlomo, but I don't know. He said something so beautiful. He said, what does it mean to be a Kisei and a Merkava? A Kisei is a chair that's not, that doesn't move. A Merkava is something that's moving. When a person says, I'm prepared to be a Kisei and a Merkava, what it means is, I'm prepared to sit when Hashem wants me to sit. Meaning to be inactive when Hashem wants me to be inactive to lower my eyes when my eyes need to be lowered, to not look, to close my ears and to not hear when I'm supposed to not hear, to not do, to be inactive, that's the kise, that's to be sitting. And to move like a merkava, like a wagon, to move, to make sure that when Hashem wants me to do something, I can do it. And both of those are true. That sometimes there's, I, I, don't, I, I don't want to sit, I want to be doing something. And Hashem says, Lota said, do not do that. Don't do that. The gvula kedusha is, even though you don't understand why, why would I stop you from having this enjoyment or this pleasure or this thing? Don't do this. It's not good for you. Trust me. And so a person becomes a kise. And they, become, they sit in a chair. And they say, I'm, I'm, I'm here in this place and not acting. And sometimes a person just doesn't want to do. They're not in the mood to do. They're not in the mood to move. And Hashem says, but I need you to be a Merkava now. I need you to be a wagon. I need you to move. And when a person knows how to be a kise for Hashem and to be a Merkava for Hashem, to know when to sit for Hashem and when to move for Hashem, that's the, that's the Gvula Kedusha. That's, that's how a person knows, this is where I'm supposed to go, this is where I'm not supposed to go. And then every place that a person's going, like Rabbi Nachman said as well, that every place that I'm going is, I'm going to Eretz Yisrael. Because everything that I'm doing, whether I'm going or I'm not going, I'm doing or I'm not doing, is part of this, what is Hashem asking of me? What does Hashem want from me? Oh, yeah.
There's a Torah from the Shinover. Not from the Shinover, from the Radomsker. Sorry. From the Radomsker, from Ravchatskal of Radomsk. There's a Rav Cheskel of Shinov and there's a Rav Cheskel of Verdamsk, and they're not the same person. Rav Cheskel of Verdamsk said an unbelievable touch in the Pasuk. says, Vayushav es Moshev yes Aaron el Paro. Moshe and Aaron returned to Paro, Vayom Arleim, and he said to them, Lechu yivdu es Hashem elokeichem mi vamiyaholchem. Go and serve Hashem your God. Miva mi Who 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 do you th- who's gonna go with you? Just get out of here already. But but miva mi Who's who's who do you think is gonna go on this journey with you? So the Radomsker said that Paro was making fun. Paro was saying to the Jewish people really very much related to what you were saying before. He was saying to Moshe and Aaron, he said, okay, you want to go serve God? Okay, go. No problem. Get out of here. L'chu uvdu es Hashem lokeichem. Go and serve this God that you're introducing me to, who you claim is ha-yehoviviyya, he was, he is, and he will be. He's ein sof baruchu. And you, guys, it wasn't just the malachim who were saying, you know, halu uvde burzer v'halu. It wasn't just the angels, it was also the the malachim, like the, 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 the melech. The kings were saying, you're saying, you think you're going to go serve God? Do you know what you need to do in order to go serve God? You can go serve God, that's okay. But just know that if your God is so great, so then you'd better make sure that that the people who are going, because where are the Jewish people? The Arizal said that if not for the fact that Hashem hurried the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, they were mamish on the brink of, of extinction. They were teetering over the edge one foot already into the Shar Hanun of Tumah, into the 50th level of Tumah. That means that the Jewish people were mamish at the edge of the brink of, of Tumah. So Para says to them, you want to go serve the God, that's fine, but... Look at you guys. You're, you're wallowing in your own blood. If you want to serve God, you're going to have to go <coughs> all the way up 50 levels to get just back to the ground zero, just to get to zero. You're in negative 50 right now. And then once you get to zero, you're going to have to transport yourself all the way up to Sharnun Dikdusha. You're going to have to move all the way through all the levels of Tumah all the way back to zero. And then from zero, you're going to have to get to the 50th Shara of Bina, which means you're going to have to move all the way up to the highest point. Mi v'miyaholchim, says the Radomsker, is the power of saying to them, even unbeknownst to himself, he didn't even realize what he was saying. But he was saying to Moshe and to Aaron, he said, you want to take this band of, of vagabonds and bring them out to the desert so they can have a party with God? That's fine. But look at them. They're nothing. They're pathetic. Mi v'miyaholchim. The only people who are going to be going here are people who are able to transcend from all the way to the lowest level of 50th level of Tumah 
all the way up to zero. That's me, number one. The me, and then they're going to have to go another 50 levels up to get to the Gvula Kedusha of getting all the way up to the 50th level of Kedusha, and then they'll be able to go and serve God. And Moshe and Aaron turn back to Paro, and they say, to Paro, something so beautiful, Vayomer Moshe, and Moshe says back to Paro, we're going with our youth, we're going with our young, and we're going with our old. What does this mean? So the secret of what Moshe Rabbeinu said to Paro is he said, What that means is that the Gemara says in Masech when the Gemara is talking about in Masech something's happening, I don't know what's happening with Sukkis. We're, we're going to transition soon from from Kedushin to Sukkah, to Pesach, Pesachim. I don't know, what's with Sukkis? Something's very Sukkisy. You'll tell me when you find out. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but in Masech Sukkah, there's a discussion, there's a discussion that by the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, the Simchas Beis HaShoeva, the, the tzaddikim would dance in the middle of the circle and they would juggle fire and they would say these songs, they would sing these songs and they would say, praiseworthy are the people who did not sin in their youth, the Na'arenu, and praiseworthy ashray are the Zkenim, who even if they did sin in their youth, now their old age and the discomforts of old age are machaper for them. In other words, Na'arenu means those people who were pure already from their youth, they did the hard work when they were younger to try to, to, to become Bali Tshuva when they were younger. And even the people who only got around to it when they were older, that's Kenenu, so now they're already on the straight and narrow, so now their old age and the, the back pains and you know, all the pains of old age are, 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 are serving as, as kapara for them. That's what the Gemara says. So Moshe Rabbeinu says to Paro, he says, you know who we're taking to serve Hashem? He says, Miva Miyaholchem. Who do you think is going to go serve Hashem? This group of Jews who barely, they don't know, you know, they don't know anything. They don't, they don't have mitzvahs. They don't know anything about it. This is not a, an enlightened people. This is a group of slaves. And the Maisei did take the Jewish people some time to come out from that. It took us a while to come out from that. But Moshe Rabbeinu looked and he said, I'm taking the people who are perfect already from youth, and I'm taking the people who will get there eventually. Am Yisrael is not afraid of a long journey. And even if the people that come out of Mitzrayim are not yet where you think that they should be, because there's a part in, this is not a story that happened 3,000 years ago. This is a story that's happening every single day. That there's a paro inside of every single one of us that's saying, yeah, yeah, okay, go serve Hashem, sure. You know, you're listening to Shashirim about what is Hashem. You thought Hashem was, it was easier maybe when you thought Hashem was just like, uh, you know, something or some guy who's commanding you. So then if you're a conscientious person, if you're naturally inclined to be conscientious, so, you know, I'm being commanded to do this thing, I'm going to do the command. Once you recognize Hashem is the sum total of all existence. Oh yeah, go serve Hashem. Miva miyaholchim. You with your smallness, you go serve Hashem. Yeah, right. And the answer is that a Jew has the part of, just like there's a part of us which is Paro, there's a part of us which is Moshe Rabbeinu. And the redeemed part of us which is the part of Moshe Rabbeinu, which is the part of us which is Moshe Rabbeinu, turns to the Paro and says, Bina'arenu b'zkeneinu nelech. The part of me that's already, that's already like the Narim who, who, who don't have to be embarrassed because they don't have sins of their youth, the part of me that I've already fixed, so I go and serve Hashem with that. And the part of me that's not yet perfect, that will only become perfected later when I'm zakin, when I'm old, 
the part of me that's going to take many, many years to perfect, that midah which is not so simple to perfect, which I've been struggling with for the past six months or the past six years or the past 16 years or the past 60 years, eventually, I'm mamin that I'm going to get to it. Hashem is not going to leave me. He's not going to leave me with this midah unchecked and un, un, unfixed. Yes, exactly, Paro. You could sit and you could make fun and you could say, okay, only somebody who goes from the level of 49th level of Tumah all the way up to the 50th level of Kedusha is a person who's deserving of, ser- of serving Hashem. And I'll say it back to you, Paro. It's true. It might, it might be true that only a person who's at the 50th level of Kedusha should be serving Hashem. But how do you expect me to get to the 50th level of Kedusha? I don't start now when I'm young. I'll start when I'm young and whatever I can do when I'm young, that's fine. And there's a long journey that's ahead of me. What the Malachim didn't understand, what Paro didn't understand, and what we ourselves don't understand all the time is that even if the Jewish people begin in blood and we start in blood and there's blood on the doorposts and we start with brismila and we start with not understanding and we start with being lowly and not, not being perfected people and being a slave nation, despite all of our shortcomings, we'll, we'll go with what we have. And we'll take whatever we have with us into the Midbar, into the wilderness, and slowly build ourselves up to be worthy of receiving the Torah. And with that amuna that the Jewish people had, that they went into the Midbar, not knowing where they were going exactly, that, 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 that Hashem said to us afterwards in, in Sukkim in, in the Navi, that, Lechtech acharai midbar you went with me into the Midbar, into an Eretz Lozarua. Eretz Lozarua doesn't, doesn't just mean that it's hard to grow crops in the Midbar means you, you went to a spiritual wasteland also. You didn't know what you were doing. You had no, you had no reason to believe that you were going to become an enlightened nation. You, you couldn't picture Eretz Yisrael. You couldn't picture becoming an enlightened people. And even that we come to these tekufos sometimes where a person has doubts and they say, what is this project, Hashem? What do you, what do you want? Who are the Jewish people? What makes us so special? We don't look around and we see we see things in the news that we wish we didn't see. And we, we come face to face with things that are, that are ugly. And there's ugliness still in the Jewish people, chas to, 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 to focus on it because it's all external. And so we feel this voice of Miva Miyahochem, who's walking here? And we say, The Jewish people are young and old and, and there's a long story here. And we believe that Hashem gave us a perfect recipe that if we continue to follow this recipe, even if we keep running into walls from time to time, eventually we get to the end of the maze. Boel Paro, to come to Paro, like all the tzaddikim say, Boel Paro. I should have said Lechel Paro. I should have said go to Paro. Boel Paro means come to Paro. The implication meaning Hashem says, I'm here by Paro also. You don't have to be so afraid. Don't have to be so afraid of the Paro inside of yourself. Listen to what he has to say. Listen to what he has to say. But then you have what to answer him and say, You don't have to be afraid of Paro. fast these days. Shabbos Kodesh. We should be zochet to anachla bli meitzarim, friends. We should be zochet to anachla bli meitzarim. We shouldn't be constricted in any way. We should just be able to anachla bli meitzarim. Shabbos Kodesh.
Don't be afraid of the dark friends. <laughs>